0: Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers,
1: Pure athlete yeah. A transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that,
0: man. Right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all.
2: Welcome back to another edition of Longhorn Blitz. I am Rod Babers, my man, Matt Butler, the master of the soundboard, joining me as well. Uh, we'll get into a ton of Longhorn football-related topics, topics. There are a ton of them. We'll get into the combine a little bit. Uh, apparently, uh, one of the ace recruiters for Tom Herman is being recruited. We'll get into also a little bit of the spring football discussion because spring is starting up, I believe, in less than a week. And Texas basketball, presumably, is. They're in. We'll talk about it, but that's the 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 word on the street is that they're in, but uh, things can always change, and they're very fluid. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Joe Lenardi is the one who said that, so Joe Lenardi is very trustworthy. He said Longhorn's in the tournament right now after – the big win over our state in the first round of the Big Twelve tournament.
3: And when I hear the phrase that's the word in the street, first thing I think is Joe Lenardi.
2: (laughs) Well that you know I mean well (laughs) yeah you go. Joe Lenardi is the world of the street apparently these days. He's got a street cred, especially around March Madness, bracketology, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll we'll get into it. But yeah, I, I think that the Longhorns I think what was we'll get into football here in a second. What was more remarkable, at least most remarkable, about their win—at least the win over West Virginia down the stretch, last game of the season—had to have it over a ranked team, and now over Iowa State, mm-hmm. a team I think they were supposed to beat. Both of those, no, mo- no Mo Bamba, no bomba.
3: Yes, at and that's all. actually impressive to be able to show, not only for like say the tournament committee because they do factor in injuries and you this in you know don't n- don't know the status right now of bomba so they got to interpret it both ways it's also good for the Texas team because learning to play with, for those eight to ten minutes when normally yeah. is a big separator whenever your best defensive piece is off the court we've seen NBA teams have seasons ended mm-hmm. because of those spurts so it's good to have this as a baseline but it's sort of, I love this type of hyperanalyzation of the modern sports world world because it's either micro or macro. Are you going to go on the micro analysis because every single day there's going to be a new Situation because somebody plays, yeah, somebody I mean, won, somebody loses, and then, yeah, so you the can, point. and you can accurately say, as of right, right now, now, they are, it, and that's what he has been yeah. so good at because, or Great just point. modern sports world is. is creating something yeah. that isn't news that becomes new news, and then because you created that previous one the yeah. next day breaking. Texas yeah. now back on the bubble. Yeah, it's breaking it
2: is. because I was kind of wrong, but I I spend it. I, I didn't so get it's job sort of. of it. I was no, talking yeah, yeah. to my You're brother
3: right. last night. It's like a religion. Are yeah. you a, a micro sports fan or are you a macro sports fan? Yeah, just keep... are you going to be influenced by one game samples? Yeah. which is honestly what Vegas and all the people that make a living in this business use those one game samples against Brilliant. you because it yeah. isn't indicative of the macro. And what was this macro when Texas was put per- first? on the bubble uh texas wins their home games they're in yeah well, they did that we were like okay well but you know that put yeah, it up yeah, to the yeah. committee <laughs> yeah. but if they win those two games and win and one of the road games then they're guaranteed be in. in. okay well they did and do then that. that changes so it, yeah. but uh, so i'm still well, I win their first
2: big 12 game in a big 12 tournament I don't win that this game this is You're like in the yeah.
3: same with the micro like when That's you look point. at so we've been at it for a month And they did the things that we laid out that had to be done to get in. So I'm going to stick with the micro or the macro. It's the same way that even despite Michael Dixon saying that he was going to stay for a senior year, I was like, no, I'm looking at the macro. You came to America to go be a pro punter and you're badass at it. You're going to go do it to where you can then look at the micro and Look at each situation, each person, or look at each game and see how it goes and influences. Or you can take it as the macro
2: and then absorb it and then at the end see how it all plays out. All right, let's take that, what you're talking about, the macro and the micro, and apply it to Mo Bamba. If mm-hmm. Texas is going to make a deep run, whether it be in the Big 12 tournament or you would think, of course, in March Madness, yeah. Mo Bamba is going to be a big part of that. If mm-hmm. no mo, if, if there's no Mo Bamba, no Bamba, uh, then obviously Texas is – Chances for success drop dramatically, yes. precipitously. No chances. You're talking about the micro and the macro. Right now, the micro is he's got a toe strain. His, his mm-hmm. toe is hurt. He's still day to day rehabilitating all that kind of stuff. And I know he's been very positive and optimistic about whether he'll play um, if mm-hmm. as soon as he can play, as soon as mm-hmm. he's confident that he you know can be out there yeah. and won't further injure himself. The macro is this guy's gonna be a lottery pick. I saw a mock draft for the NBA. Yesterday, that had him at number two
3: overall. Top American
2: prospect. Yeah, so if that is the case, is he going to potentially sacrifice the macro? For the micro, which is playing for Texas and pushing that injury when he knows in, what, four, four months away yeah. from the NBA draft? See,
3: then that's the thing where these situations, I was just talking all morning with my dad about this, and it comes down sort of to where either you're a doctor or you're not a doctor. And if the doctors are going to say, well, you aren't risking long-term structural damage, then, of course, Ooh. you are not going to deal with it. Yeah. You, I mean, and Mo Bamba, though, he, oddly, I didn't even have even heard him say that a hundred percent after last night's game. He said that if they make the tournament hundred percent, he's playing. Yeah. So that makes me feel as if the doctors yeah. have at okay. least cleared him that we already saw him play on this. It seemed as if it was a pain threshold, a sprain, not necessarily say a chronic injury or like when you get around basketball players, people automatically think tall guy foot problem. But there's so many different levels of the list. Frank injury. I think differ- every injury
2: ex- is exacerbated when yes. you are that large. Oh, yes. yes like You yes, know yes, what so I mean? Yes, so I, yes. I think it could be something small, but you are, yes. you are such a large human being. Your injury is going to be actually a little different. It's going to affect you differently. And I think actually in an uh, adverse way yeah. that it's going to affect me. Yeah, who's an average human? Exactly, being, you know and what I mean? even like, period. Yeah,
3: and and For somewhat, anything, way more exponentially your more foot, when you're long, you gotta have levers. Yeah, exactly. Like it's crazy, and to where when I heard him say that, and you see the situation, you would assume the doctors are not going to compromise the future of the kid. And if there's no type of structural risk that this could be a long term in- by playing now, you could then hurt your future. Then I think he would already been ruled out since we've been in this situation. It sounds as if it's more of a pain threshold thing. So then at that level, he gets to play if he wants to play and feels like he can play now. You don't even know how effective he'll be. He wasn't very effective. We saw him play opening minutes. I guess it was Oakie State or two weeks ago. We saw that, and then he obviously was in no condition to play, wanted to play, and that's where Mm -hmm. you get in this situation, sort of where maybe, say, the Spurs and Kawhi have been, where also the communication – to the player about just if you are fully being honest about what you're feeling or if you're articulating exactly how you're feeling because the doctors can diagnose every person, but it's very cut and dry. It's a diagnosis. It's not from a case-by-case basis. And as long as Mo's being truthful about the pain and what he's feeling, then it should be able to go from there. But then when you get into that interpretive world and you're trying to figure out things, when you can't be guessing, and that's why I just leave it up to the doctors.
2: Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, but and it's also like you said, it's not always left up to the player. He's got, he's getting counsel, he's getting advice. I'm sure Mobamba is too, and I wonder if someone's gonna tell him, "Hey, it's not worth it." Well, I would An guess agent, that somebody around they're him always saying, gonna err on. You that know what? Safe it's side. not worth it, man. Like you you got millions coming. This is it. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't – yeah. I mean, you leave that tournament game with an, with an injury, and then people are like, hmm, oh, man. And yeah, not that he'll drop out of the lottery. I don't think they'll love him. Oh, no, no, my, my point is, like, yeah. I mean, so I, I even, well, so like, even like, hurting his prospects going forward in terms of what he wants to do, his dream of being a star in the NBA, not just being a player that cashes well, let's in think about these. for the draft. So There's it's more two. like that the Malik Jefferson thing. Longhorn fans, uh, a Longhorn favorite who in the bowl game – also, I think he had a toe injury or a mm-hmm. foot injury of some kind, and he's like, no, I mean, people call him the pro toe, but, mm-hmm. hey, man, uh, you got to think about your long-term investment you've made in your future is right there on the horizon. Uh, do you want to risk it? Because yeah. some guys we've seen, especially if in football ri- more than anything, that have actually been affected literally that that one game before mm-hmm. they are about to turn pro.
3: Yeah, I agree fully, and that's where I Different think system I if understand, there is my risk point. involved – that he would not play at all. He would already be ruled out. Now, they may not rule him out because it allows the other team to have to prepare for both and along those lines, but I think if there's any risk, there's no way whatsoever. That's why i Well, there's actually... obviously
2: some risk because if it, there was no risk, he'd be playing Well, now. no, no, I'm saying you know if I mean? there was like, a
3: risk, that it would be risk. a long-term— Uh, injury that was going to linger, if anything bad, worse than just staying as a discomfort or a sprain, if there was any risk to his future because of the structural part of the injury, all the doctor stuff that I don't know, I think there's no chance he'll play.
2: Yeah, but the doctors don't know if something's going to become a... You know, something that that affects you your long term. They don't know that. True. That, nobody knows anything. True. So the point is, you have an injury serious enough to keep you out of elite competition. Yeah. And then your future is there on the horizon. Yeah. And do you want to say, do I want to wait some in the NBA and then fully healthy to go back out there and play at an elite well, level? Like remember Kyrie- Or do I want to risk, you know, potentially... Um, you know, basically, not not only hurting, he's not going to hurt his draft stock. I'm not really concerned about that. I'm talking about yeah, his
3: future, his himself. future.
2: Period. Like this is a don't want him to you be old. You him. can say it's not a serious injury if you want to, and that's fine. It's serious enough to keep him out.
3: Yes. Yeah, you know and I mean? that's where that's where I just leave that up to the doctors. You're missing,
2: he's going to already hit a wall in the NBA because it's a longer. We talk about how the NBA seasons are way too long. Mm-hmm. How hard they are on the bodies of players. Yeah. How hard they are on big men. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. No. This Do you, you want to start of- adding? putting mileage on the tires already. Good point. And
3: I agree you know fully. I mean? Greg Oden and Kyrie Irving, both guys that were big yeah. time top players and then very similar to Mo very similar injury issues throughout their freshman year. Both guys that were able to play in the tournament, you know, and then one case ends up being that Odin, the big man, chronically having those issues. But same with Kyrie Mm. Twer, I really don't think there's going to be big universities with these big businesses and with the NBA and the doctors involved. Any risk And hopefully, if there is any, they aren't going to let him play at all. But that's just why when the news that's when we're interpreting what has came out, it makes me feel as if it's just like a sprain, so
2: that's good. But I will say, him saying he's gonna play that could be just strategy to help you get in the tournament. Oh yeah, when you're when you're hundred percent potential. And also, he can say some, I'm playing, and yeah, your, your to, can say exactly no. your top three pick says I'm playing. Once they set the bracket, they seed everybody. He gets always go, uh, you know what? Nah, it ain't working out. I'm not playing. But him saying he was going to play beforehand, mm-hmm. it helps Texas. Yeah, as you pointed out on this show. It helps Texas Amazing. to have – everybody wants to see Mo Bamba. Yeah. He's a star. Everybody wants to see it. That's what – that's the only thing that's given Oklahoma even a little bit of a chance is that they may consider maybe the country wants to see Trey Young. Other than that, yep. oh, Oklahoma's done. Yeah. They got no shot to make it in. Uh, if they do make it in, it will be a miracle of, oh – it was based on they wanted Trey Young in the tournament.
3: Yes, 100%. <laughs> and when you look at uh, Mo, just the situation with this year and the way that it's went, his d- draft stock is as high as it could be. So this just really comes down to, yeah. you know, the idea. It's different than a bowl game necessarily for football players. Now they are comparable, but not in the same, because if you're a one and dunner, the NCAA tournament has its nostalgia. And then if you are that team, it's like say you're a four-loss team or you're a five-loss team like Texas. Texas was or something going into a bowl game. You don't have a chance to win it all. In tournament, in theory, even though I don't think Texas is getting out of the first weekend, and maybe with Mo Bamba, they still have a chance. I can remember when KD was on campus, and KD was like, man, but when you got the best player on the court, who knows? Might be able to knock him off. And then I still have heard KD talk about if he could get a game back. It was like in the finals he was talking about this. He wished he could get that game back at Texas. So, like, just the idea that, you know, Mo – He probably wants to play a lot, and that's just where you're in that sort of dangerous zone that as long as he's communicating what he's feeling and the doctors are diagnosing, then it just comes down to those in the business that are best at it and see how it plays out, but... Either way, I don't think it matters much. Texas will get in. Might win yeah. a couple games with mm-hmm. Mo. Probably won't win any without
2: him. Yeah, I think they. Uh, yeah, I think they definitely get in. I really do. I mean, I was. Oh, I think about they're the... in
3: for sure now. Yeah. I think they're
2: um, even yeah, it, no before matter what they do against night. Texas Tech, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You thought they were in before last night? Yeah. Well, you did the more. You did more research. than most people. Yeah. I was just doing the macro. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think that yeah, they are definitely in. So good for Shaka the season, and now if they make the tournament, I want to jinx them can be considered a success. I know Shaka's got to receive a lot of criticism, Mm -hmm. but the season is a success. They made the tournament, which is something... Obviously, they couldn't do last year.
3: And so. that's where this situation would be really funny if, say, Texas doesn't m- make the tournament. Mm. It's then defined as not a success. Yes, then that's it's not like. a success.
2: <laughs> I don't a- know if it's a failure because you won more games, but you I can't call it a success. Yeah, it's like a You're cut- in purgatory. You're yep, in the middle. Exactly. You're average. You're, it's you're, sort of like yeah. the
3: NFL draft, too. You come out early, your first round for draft pick, but then no linemen get drafted, and you drop to the second round, and then that would be oh, a little bit tougher of a situation. Yeah,
2: no question Conditions about it.
3: Conditions outside of your circumstances.
2: Uh, so, uh, obviously, next, Time hopefully we're talking about Texas moving on in the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, Texas might be playing the next time we're doing this. And I was like, Texas Tech—they got favorable seating in the Big Twelve tournament. Texas Tech for the Longhorns—they split the series during the regular season. They're beatable to Texas, especially since Keenan Evans has been dealing with his own toe injury. He's got a toe injury too. And basketball—he scored twenty, I think, like twenty-three on his toe last time. So (laughs) different toe injury. Yes, yeah, um, but yeah. So I think that, that they got favorable seating. We'll see what they can do in terms of. Uh, being able to make a run in the Big 12 tournament. Okay, Texas baseball, really quickly before we get into Texas football, Matt, anything you want to say about Texas baseball? I know those that Northwestern series was unbelievable. Yeah. Where they scored, what was it, 38? Is it 38 runs it's in three different games? <laughs> it's sort of funny, like how right? hockey ball, like how it sounds sw- weird. Like how
3: quickly like you can see an evolution of a sport happen with like basketball and pace and threes yeah. and then or just like real how time. cultures of coaching yeah, 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 yeah. that you go in, yeah. like we could like real see time. when you went from like a Sean Watson offense to like at least you started running some yeah. spread principles. Like, no, whoa, no, no, It looks a it's lot like the different. Texas
2: with the Sean Watson. And, and you saw it real time, you're like, what the hell is that? It's so like, and, uh,
3: and it's the way that you talk yeah. about like, whenever a new coach like Urban Meyer would come in and you could see immediate change after a year or two once mm-hmm. you got your players in. Yeah. And college baseball, because baseball is the odd sport that it's a team sport yet all individualized performances. So mm-hmm. a couple, you have
2: to focus so much on your individual position yes. and yet you still are a part so of the So if team. you're a coach with a yeah. vision
3: and you understand the modern game and what you want to do to compete against the best, maybe not what is – The best way to coach the game, if you're looking at the game as like, say, a religion or a philosophy, but instead of, okay, how are we going to win this year and right now in the Big 12? Okay, well, they got a lot of people that hit, but pitchers, you don't get those type of pitchers to come to college baseball anymore. Most of them going straight to the pros. So, what are we going to have to do? Score runs. Okay, bring the fences in. All right, come in, get guys that can win. In short situations, try to have guys that can be a good starter, be a couple closer, be a couple relievers, but then recruit those skill sets to you and you're seeing the product it looks so much different than it looked two years ago now it also you could say that once you get to a place like say Omaha or like you're taking on teams that are very like you aren't the one that's different so if you're doing everything like everybody else you gotta be really good at that now it's yeah. like what the Rockets are doing because in the NBA exactly right. you can
2: you, do it if you get it wrong then you're just an idiot yeah. like you're well act the process yeah. what's uh, the, the Philly, 76ers Sam Hinckley Sam Hankey yes yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Which... I don't know if it, they're going to make the playoffs this year. So oh, no. Same <laughs> <Hinkie laughs> yeah. right. just That's right, just I mean, the
3: NBA in tanking. Oh, and, and you the, know
2: what? And the Cleveland Browns, are like there was Sashi Brown. The uh-huh. Cleveland Browns have more draft capital in the NFL draft this year than any other team. They have the more draft team. capital than any other. It's the third most in NFL history, actually. Jimmy Johnson's Herschel Walker trade. trade is, like, number one. Ricky for, Williams trade, probably. I forgot who's number two. I got it got it. Ricky Williams
3: trade when you I trade it, a whole yeah. draft away. I just got it in my notes.
2: They're, like, in the top ten, I think. But, yeah, the Browns. Brown's draft this year is right behind Jimmy Johnson's like j- that 90. 91 draft mm-hmm. where they got Eric Williams and I believe Russell Maryland, Russell Maryland all and all those guys. guys. yeah um, So yeah, Sashi Brown was fired though. Yep. And they brought in John Dorsey who's a great evaluator so John Dorsey will make a it's almost impossible for the Browns by the way to screw this draft up. oh Yeah, yeah, from. yeah because
3: yeah. if you need you're like well we need a quarterback and a running back yeah, yeah, we'll take the
2: other one at four yes, that we don't exactly. get that one. Like, it, yeah, they made it Browns proof. Yes. he Sashi Brown was he's like you know what <laughs> I'm going to make it where because the Browns have tanked before. It's like the first First time. Well, yeah, but, but they, they, they never, like, got it. You got to have never, a vision, uh, too. Yes, a vision. To go along, <laughs> <same>. to, go <laughs> to point, you yes. can't just be bad and yeah, yeah, yeah. then just draft ah, ten yeah, couch. Yeah, yeah that yeah, both that way exactly. So to your point, outside, and then when yeah.
3: you look at uh, Hinky, though, hundred percent. That's just the NBA knowing and having to be like we cannot cannot allow this, and they forced the guy out in that situation and brought in the Calangelos. NFL. A little bit different right now. You have other pro sports like baseball almost endorsing tanking. So we'll see what direction that they go.
2: Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I agree. With you. It's going to be. It's interesting, like how, yeah, you said how quickly it changed, but it's yeah. a different philosophy. I think it's more palatable for the fans, and I think players, it's one that, and not that Augie, you know, wouldn't no, ever recruit players and all that. Kids. But I think, exactly, with the modern, and they're not even millennials. Like what r- are they? Recru- Generate, are they X like- or Z? Yeah, it's it, how, it's it's a, Generation Z. Yeah, Generation so. Z or something like that. Whatever. But, but it's, like it's, it's like, more attractive to them. Yes, you know it's I mean? just
3: like going to a football game. Are you going to go recruit some kids to run a veer wishbone, or are you going to have them run the spread offense? Like, There's literally those type of differences in all sports. If yeah. you're going to go and run it out of the post or the triangle offense or – play modern basketball there's the same thing with baseball and just what you focus on and how you score and it's really a lot of analytics have came in and the most potent ways to score runs and then a good way I love how Pierce is able to break up his lineup and you can break it up across each other to where it isn't just as if let's put all of our power hitters clumped up together and just like the idea that you can see a vision coming together on a game-by-game basis
2: All right, that's enough for now. We'll come back here after the break, and we'll hit you up with some more of Longhorn Blitz.
0: Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe.
2: All right, let's get into the, uh, the Lonehorns who are at the NFL Combine, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFL Combine, we've talked about it before. It's the most bizarre, absurd job interview you'll ever be on. The NFL's in trouble again because they asked, was it Derek? Is it Derek Geis. Geis. Um, basically some team asked him does he like men which is yes. it's like the third time that's happened now we're just we're more sensitive than we used to be yeah. remember Eli Apple was asked oh, yeah. that then there was a guy like in like 2006 who was asked the mm-hmm. same thing wasn't a big deal back then but like I said it'd be like making Remember the movie The Toy with uh, Richard Pryor? Yeah, exactly. The white, the white Society boy owned changed, the black guy. Society changed, to evolve with <laughs> it. It'd be like all in the family these days. No, it wouldn't be accepted. No. <laughs> We're too sensitive for it now. So, yeah. So, it's interesting, because like I said, the most I, I was asked, do I, most the last time I wore women's underwear? Like, And what if I did wear women's underwear? What's wrong with that? Yeah. Like, why would that be something? Why is that your your, your, your issue? Why is that your you're uh, the business? One that, and why is it bad? You're is, the I, perfect I person underwear?
3: to ask. It, like, made you get, like, st- introspective. Yeah and start thinking, but they also were wondering maybe this will
2: trigger this guy. You asked me, do I like men? I'm like, I do like men, but what in what, well, what a- I like D- men. Put D- them D- men, D- men. D- I like. I got yes. my bros. Yes. I like them. You know what I mean? So anyway, they, the whole point is they want to see a response as you brought up. Yes. That's and, they want to even listen. But response. and also, I yeah. like that
3: it's causing these conversations right. because if the yeah, NFL right. is running themselves like a business, they have to understand there's an outside world and you have you can't just behave however you want inside it. Now, it is your business and you have the right to do those things yet you also, then they ha- the public has a right to have reaction exactly. to what you are Once volunteering out there and exactly. if you understand that you are a business you have to understand that if you want to go and start having a work environment that does it doesn't treat women well you can't do that these days it's the same idea that these guys coming in you don't want to have a work environment where you're berating and basically being in a power structure where these people or you're making this guy you're going to invest in millions and be so uncomfortable that you're trying yeah. to see if he's going to say is that going to be a good long-term work decision for you and is if so please Please expand upon those thoughts. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Or, most, yeah.
2: most of those things, companies, as you pointed out, will worry about being sued. Yes, like they're like, well, because I don't, I, I would look into the EEOC, like, um, you know, laws and bylaws about what team, what, what sorry, what companies can ask about you, because like, they got to stay away from like disabilities and yep. how you got them, and like your age. Mm-hmm. And there are certain, but things, it's, like, it borders you know, on discrimination. It, it is. It, it, when, it really is. It all is how you interpret it, race exactly. or sexual it, preference. Is exactly right. They can basically mm-hmm. can ask whatever they want. They, they can't by law they can't use um something in the interview to in, in a in a in a negative way against you i should say uh in a discriminatory fashion but yeah who can prove that like yeah. uh, anybody you know what i mean so they, they wanted to ask you i believe in a job interview about your sexual preference and gen and like sexual whatever it is They they can they can ask you about your sexual preferences but yeah, people probably would try to sue them as a result. That's yeah. what they, they're worried about. And you, then, you can sue anybody for anything, but the NFL doesn't worry about that because the NFL asks crazy questions like that all the time. Is your mom a hooker? They've asked a the man, is your mom a Des
3: was the first yeah, one. Yeah, he was the first
2: one to get that. Up. They've asked that before. So probably
3: not the first one. That was the first one we learned about. I Gray love boy. social media. Great like, point. I love that this information Gray era, boy. all of these things that we're finding yeah. out about huh, it, find behind out about yeah, closed it. doors, <laughs> the cliche, <laughs> behind closed doors has never been more fit for a Time Right now, because we're finding out what people do behind closed doors. It used right. to be like, I, hell, sometimes... It's something totally bizarre. I just started to think about when Lance Stevenson was exposed for not paying a hooker. He, he had a hooker come in and she videotaped him or audiotaped him in the purse and him admitting to it. Yeah, so it's right. like, hey, you better watch out. You can be recorded. You're on video. That thing's gonna be uploaded to the whole world in a split second. Yeah, no, yeah. Better watch out what you're asking because you're just gonna be held accountable for it.
2: No, I, and you know what? It's a <laughs> lot of. It's like uh, cameras these days. Like there are a lot of things that were going on before. Oh yeah. Um, in I terms of like, saw... police relations and things in this oh, country yeah. that weren't caught on video and I was like, Oh no, they got video of that well that's the whole you know idea. I mean? Like of the Donald, power. Ster- Donald Sterling was too old to realize hey somebody's just they did their middle that was an audio. Bedroom. On He's just too old. Yeah, he didn't know. She probably had it right there on the on the damn bed. Hey, I'm gonna put on a this nice stand. on Instagram. She was baby. like, Oh yeah, baby, mess with my phone. He's like, Why is it ticking like that? I'm like, oh baby, don't worry about it. Uh come here, you know what I mean? And he just kept it, ranting on and then boom, he ends up recording. He didn't know that. No. That was right. She she's not that sophisticated, I assure you, that woman, well, but yeah, Sometimes these things
3: way. will open up like a world to somebody that didn't know existed. Like I always think back to the Tim Hardaway interview on Dan Levitard's show oh, yeah. from a decade ago. Yeah. Now, Hardaway, a oh, person man. that is reformed and You're helping right. tried, like he yeah. literally has not been more right. of a 180. That changed yeah. his life. It changed Only because exactly- he was oblivious. It yeah. went over his head and his we head. have laughed at it because it's so funny hearing him not even know what he's doing, how yeah. bad it is to say I'm homophobic, I'm proud, you know, I hate gay people, all these things. Yeah. And they're like, you know that's bigotry. And he's like, yes. And it was like once yeah. once you put that out there for the public, exactly then right. your reaction to it, it can either be very good or it can be very bad, like
2: Sterling yeah. when you sell a team. Yeah, no, right. We're learning about that kind of stuff. So I mean, the NFL amazing. Combine. Again. Yeah. <laughs> now being exposed, some of the... Uh, uh, I would say the absurdity of it all. Yeah. But anyway, talk about the Longhorns. All right, we, we're there. <laughs> the Longhorns have to go through that kind of stuff, all right? And yes. I had to go through it, too. But let's talk about the Longhorns at the Combine. Um, Houghton Hill, let's start with Houghton Hill, and then we'll make our way through the rest of the guys. Uh, matter of fact, no, no, let's start with, because I think it's a perfect segue, Michael Dixon. Okay. Because nobody gives a damn about what opponents do at the Combine. I didn't, that's the but only
3: guy I didn't pay attention
2: talk to. Talk about the absurdity thing that we were just talking about with the Combine interviews and how, you know, the culture of it. He was asked by the Seattle Seahawks to participate in a staring contest. I heard this. Did you hear this? Yes. Yeah, so talk about, the, we, just, we were literally just we're talking not, about the Derek Geist thing. He was asked to participate in the staring contest. It was like, well, why? That's kind of awkward anyway, but you know what? That's not inappropriate, I guess. It's just weird. Yeah. And that's what the combine is. It's just weird. And you want to see how he would react. You said at first he, um, he didn't do well. But he said he came back and focused. And maybe that's what they want. Yeah. Maybe they want to see if you're going to take it seriously. If the first time you don't do well and you go, you know what? No, no, no. All right. I'm going to get it right. Like, which is what happens at practice, right? You screw up something the first time. You're like, oh, you know what? Let me get it right this time. Let me focus on exactly what needs to be done to win this staring competition. Mm -hmm. Although as ludicrous as it sounds, that's their mindset. Yeah, and asking you to do something like that. Literally, when I,
3: I thought two things when I first saw and I was like, well, what was the purpose of it? And it was either these two. In my opinion, it was like first the staring, just the straight aspect of confidence, because to have a staring confident uh, contest, you have to be confident. If you're looking away, it could be a just a sign of a personality trait that wouldn't necessarily be as confident. Because being a punter, everything is staring you down. Yeah. You have to be laser focused right then. Oh no doubt. But also, and in a staring contest, how to not break concentration with the chaos through you to where I really could see with the punter and how he has to be looking 15 yards ahead and be waiting during this 40 second tick down (laughs) and all these crazy men are coming flying at him. I could see how it'd be good to be linearly focused and see it. So I was like, ah. and only for a punter does that maybe make some sense. You
2: know, I mean, because that's one of those things where I'm like, it's weird, but not inappropriate. No, no. it's weird, but not inappropriate. Yes. Okay, I would do that. Yes. It, I, I mean, I would ask in a regular job interview why, but you would never be asked that in a regular job interview. So that's the only Michael Dixon thing we got from the combine. Uh, let's get into Houghton Hill. Start here, because I think from what I've heard from NFL scouts, he's the most intriguing prospect out of all the guys from Texas. And the reason I say this is because there's a lot of mystery about him, but what we do know about him on the field, his film is unbelievable. They mm-hmm. love his film. He's going up against quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald and Mason Rudolph, and based on pro football focuses, grades for the Longhorns, he's the highest graded defensive player for Texas. He was a, he was a, he was a stellar player for them, their best defensive player when he was playing and wasn't suspended. So he's got really good film, and he's, got, he's long and rangy. He reminds me of Richard Sherman. Now, he only measured, I think, right under 6'2", mm-hmm. but he's longer than that and rangy. He ran a 5. I, what I heard was a 4.49 is yep. what I saw officially. Yep. Sherman ran a 4.54. Four. Okay. And he ran, I think, a 4.5 flat as the, you know, the, I think the high, well, maybe a 4.5 flat or like a 4.52, uh, talking about Coton Hill, as yep. his other time. But it doesn't matter. I take the fastest time. So you talk about a guy with that kind of range and size, and then in the Big 12, we know you can cover because you played in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he was basically a shutdown corner for Texas. I think Houghton Hill increased his draft stock tremendously. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of great things. I think you'll get a team like Seattle or Houston that'll take a chance on a guy like Houghton Hill if he's still there in like the late fourth round.
3: And that would make sense right now when you're hearing about certain teams moving around, guys. They're trying to basically figure out where yeah. in the roster spots they're going to be going after these players. And, yeah, when you look at the body type, very similar to Sherman. Then you look at all of the shuttles, faster, 20-yard, ran a 4.15. It was right there at a 6.83. And then 4.49, like you said. The uh, only thing that worried me when I saw him was how, um, like, no vertical, only 31 inches and Whoa. a 10. 10- yes. Yeah, I was what? I had to google this and look at it again. Are you serious? Yes. And only a 10-foot broad jump. So 30, that was – 31-inch That vertical. really worried me just because, like, in theory, like you look at 36-inch for Malik was tied for seventh, and you look at – like, Rod, you had a 37-inch vertical yeah. when you went. Desmond Harrison, remember Desmond Harrison? Yeah, I
2: remember Desmond Harrison,
3: 34-inch yeah. vertical. That dude
2: was a freak, though. He, ran, see, a four he nine. ran a 4 Yeah, that
3: dude was a freak, He man. was the second-fastest yeah. offensive lineman. Yeah. But, yes, I mean, these measurables don't matter. Like, they aren't going to make or break you. And then being a cornerback, the last spot that you need is necessarily the broad jump and verticality. Now, it's good to high point a ball, but we're talking about an inch or two. He makes that up with With his his range and length. length. And also, if you think about body types, it can be, uh, I've heard that with the vert, a long arm guy isn't going to be able to grade out as high because of where you jump up and where your hands end up hitting. Now, it doesn't, but if you had a short arm, you actually could have a better grade inside there because of the yeah. reach ability. But yeah, no, Holton, he's that body type. And then a couple of the others, I mean, Connor Williams, he just dominated. If Connor you look Williams at him it, 11th in the bench with 26 reps, he was the highest vertical of any offensive tackle, He's 34 inches. Wow. Fifth in broad jump. He was nine foot four and then also yeah, so 9'4", four six inches less than we saw from Holton Hill. But Malik, God Malik just killed it inside He's second in the bench, twenty seven reps, He's tied for the seventh in the vert. He was top five in the broad jump, a ten five broad jump, and then that four five two. I mean, yeah, that Shakeem Griffin who ran the fastest time ever for a linebacker, and then Roquan Smith was 4-5-1. Those are the only two times faster out of all linebackers than Malik. Oh, so
2: was he third?
3: Yeah, Malik. Wow. four five two.
2: 4-5-2. I thought he, okay, yeah. So, okay, when I looked at it, he was like fifth. So. Okay, there you go. That's that's pretty good.
3: Yeah, that's I, at linebacker.
2: Yeah, linebacker. So so it might not have so all you see, edge So he said he was second in... Bench press, bench, 7th seventh, seventh in the vertical, 3rd in the 40-yard dash. Yep, and then 5th
3: in the broad jump.
2: Yeah, that's pretty good.
3: Yep, and then yeah. same thing with Connor being the best in vertical of all linemen, and then being 5th in the 40, and then seeing Desmond Harrison at 2nd was cool. And then I was just, looking a few other things that stood out to me looking at some of the uh, measurables was Justin Thomas from Oklahoma set the all-time record for the six. He had a six-two-eight on what's that? The three cone that uh, it was wow. six-two-eight, which is absurd. Buster's screen. And it's Shockey Brown still the third best of all time. And when I looked at this, Shockey
2: Brown the third best three cone of all time. It's wow! A,
3: yeah, you look at uh, that's crazy. Yeah, pretty nuts. And uh, I was pulling. I'll pull up the numbers real quick so we can look at a few more. But it, these net nine, when I first saw Justin Thomas at six two eight, I was like, that's awesome. And then when I looked at the three guys behind him, I was like, oh, this athleticism. Uh, drill is basically the perfect example of guys that get into the league and can play corner but also get burned because Buster Screen you, yeah. you look at him right now, gets burned more than anybody in the league, but he's athletic he's in health and make up. Same with Shockey Brown. Leon Hall was really good, Leon but Leon Hall's Hall was really, another yeah. guy that gets burned all life. the time. And those are guys that are so athletic that breaks. I think like it's that Shockey syndrome yeah. that you're so confident that your eyes, may, your over-aggressiveness from what yeah. you see. So it made me think that Justin Thomas may be cut from that mold. He's going to be a guy get drafted really high, but he might be a guy that takes some risks that you see get burnt at times. and. I might come up.
2: Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Elliott is a guy we have not talked about that often. Deshaun yep. Elliott, uh, I think he ran a four, four, five, eight. 4. 5. 8 was his fastest
3: time. 13th fastest yeah. safety.
2: Yeah. Which is, I think, yeah, you want to try to be in the top 10 for him, but he's still in most people's top five of yeah. safeties, period, that I've seen.
3: And then top 10, he was ninth in vertical with a 36-inch vert, and then he was 11th in the broad jump. So Yeah. Not far off.
2: Yeah, no, he's right there in the mix, and I think his his, his film kind of speaks for itself. Uh, teams just don't have a huge sample size about Deshaun Elliott, so I think he may go uh, just a little bit before Houghton Hill. I haven't, I mean, based on with well, there's a run on safeties uh, in that draft too, but Connor Williams still expects to be a first round pick, and Puna. I think most people are, uh, u- unanimously uh, in agreement that Puna. That's probably the 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 biggest uh, slight of anybody so this year in terms of the NFL Combine.
3: Yeah, like we were talking about though, may actually be to his benefit too because he puts such good stuff on film. Is his stock only kept rising during those you know Senior Bowl and East West Shrine games and along those lines? You see his measurables go up and then now gets to work out in the pro day environment to where at least he got on enough radars that he isn't a guy that needed to be at the combine to get on the radar. So hopefully he just now has to perform well at the pro day and be good to go.
2: Yeah. Um, so I, I think you, the Longhorns actually did a really good job at the Combine. Houghton Hill, I think, made some money. Malik Jefferson, I thought he was going to kind of crack the 4-4-9 four, uh, four, four, or something. Hell, he might have a couple of times. The whispers were that he was running that when he was training for the 40-year dash. But the Combine, different story altogether. I think he ran a really good time with a four five two. So I think he made some money. The only question about him is, where do you play Malik? You know what I mean? So you gotta have a system that knows how to use Malik. Uh Connor Williams, you know, there's some question about moving Connor Williams to guard too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I heard there are a couple of teams, a couple of articles that I read that are considering him moving to guard. I think initially you start a golf for tackle. If he doesn't work out at tackle, you can always move him to guard. So exactly. I think he, whoever drafts him, they are not gonna draft him that high um unless they intent, they intend on using him as a tackle. Houghton Hill, like I said, his range and just length, I think he made him some money. Um you know, because he ran the four four nine, but 9 uh, but here's a great – Andy Reid said this. He said he believes that having long arms is the equivalent of a tenth of a second advantage on like a 40-yard dash time. Yeah. So they believe like it makes you fat. You're basically you're actually faster on the field mm-hmm. based on your 40 yard dash if you're a long football player. Yeah, because Richard I, Sherman is. That's in a great theory, example.
3: you're running 40 yard dash against you know I mean? a guy that has five inch longer arms. Once yeah. you get there, you reach out. Yeah. He gets there quicker. That's it's the, just yeah. that type of definition. No
2: question about it. So it's exactly right. And uh, of course, we talked about uh, Michael Dixon, and I don't know what punters do at the NFL. I don't know, yeah. In. <laughs> hit the ball, I <laughs> they guess. get into staring contests. That's essentially what it is. All right, that's enough for now. We'll come back here after the break and we'll hit you up with some more of Longhorn
0: Blitz. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe.
2: Okay, something else that I want to bring up while we have some some time here. The, did we talk about Brian Carrington last, last week? Uh, a couple
3: weeks ago, briefly, but uh, didn't there, get into details. There's
2: been news uh, recently. I think Anwar Richardson was the first one to break the story, so I want to give him props. He basically said that, um, and I, I had, it, this was like a week ago probably today, or maybe less than a week ago since we had our last uh, broadcast, or at least our last podcast, that he is being recruited by LSU. Hmm. LSU is interested in Brian Carrington, who has become – Kind of a recruiting ace for Texas.
3: He's uh, our bro. A lot
2: of respects. He's the, yeah, there you go. That's a great point. He's kind of their model. The younger Bruce one, stuff.
3: though, it seems like he's the guy that really, I don't know, relate The same way that y'all said it was odd that a 50 year old white guy was relating well to y'all when y'all were 18 years old, it's the same thing that this guy. He just happens to be a younger guy. So it's even easier, probably, to relate to that.
2: And what makes, I think, him unique, um, and, you know, his I think his title is something like a VP of. Player personnel or something. I guess, yeah, it's basically he's working in the Texas front office, if you will. Um, and he has been acknowledged by Tom Herman a ton. Tom Herman gives him a lot of props. I think he'll, if there is some type of re- uh, recruitment for his services, I believe Texas will pay whatever it takes to keep him. The reason they will, especially they did it with Todd Orlando too, when Todd Orlando was rumored to be of interest to a lot of teams out there, because he did such a great job as defensive coordinator and play caller for the Longhorns this year. I think it's because Tom Herman understands that if he wants to lock down the state of Texas, he's got to lock down H-Town. Yep. And Brian Carrington's got H-Town roots. And apparently that's where he recruits. So a little different than Brewster. Yes, he's a recruiting ace for them, but more about where he has his roots and where he can do the most damage and yeah. be of most benefit well, to Texas. And when you have the, Brewster was just all over the oh, place. Per
3: capita, though, they want to maximize Carrington yes. in the populated yes. area of, of Houston, which and is East Texas. Top in five
2: cities for producing NFL talent, arguably, and it's in the only country going year in and year out. And it's only going up post Katrina. And it's only going up post Katrina.
3: There's so many Louisiana kids in Texas now, it's absurd. Which is also, one that, of the best places that was to find per NFL Per capita, talent. the best.
2: Um, so, yeah. So, 11 of the top 15. Players uh, in the state of Texas signed with um, UT this year, but if you look at their recruiting class for them, I want to say ten out of the twenty-seven kids were from the Houston area. That's from big that time recruiting class. I know well, that a lot you've of them been just yelling just this DBI. forever. Yeah, so I'm just. I think that's what the the value of Brian. Or that's that's where the value of Brian Carrington lies. Yeah, and, and that he can help you lock down Houston. And if you because LSU is recruiting Houston. Um, Bama recruits Houston. That's a huge part. Texas A&M is recruiting That's... Houston. You got if you want to wall off the state, you got to start by walling off You know when people try to win wars back in the day, they always say, All right, "We gotta, we gotta take this city. Mm-hmm. Got to take this city if we want to win this war. This is the city we gotta have. It starts here." that's what Tom Harmon's doing with Houston. It's like, if we want to win the war for the state of Texas, we got to win the battle in Houston.
3: Yeah, exactly, and it's only for multiple reasons, like you just said. First off, it's like the idea of the state of Miami, what they did at the U to keep the players in yep. at home, a prideful type thing, but also that it happens to be nationally a top three hotbed. You have mm-hmm. one in LA, all the 70s, it's what built up the traditions of USC and UCLA. We saw the 80s with Miami. Exactly right. Texas is been around, and there's always been the DFW area and the Houston area, but it's always been clear-cut that Houston's been three, and Dallas is like four or five with the other areas yeah. of Ohio, yeah. or wherever you want to go per capita and look at who just gets the most talent to mm-hmm. the NFL. So then now, and this hiatus, you happen to have your former staff from there, then you have a guy like Major that's still there. Your your there you roots go. are there, but then also the biggest competition that now, not only the S CC comes and takes it away the way that in the 90s the national teams were coming after you like Penn State or like yep. Colorado now it's a lot more local but that's where you can see that it's time to win or it's time to lose cuz either we can get capitalized on this and we have that built-in advantage of being there understanding that area and being the state school or If we forego that, it's going to actually take away so much from us because now our resources are going to be spread out. There isn't going to be as much potency and you're going to be giving to your competition. Like Texas wants to play A&M or if we're going to have this playoff, you're taking on SEC teams inside of that all the time. So in theory, you're giving it to what's keeping you away From the top So you can't distribute it then to them If they're the ones that you're going to be The ones ultimately trying to keep you from the top So if you can steal from them and keep them It's sort of the idea of Plus a plus one, minus one You just got two So it's a two to zero ratio Instead of just being a trade-off Or we'll fight within it It's like no, we need to own that So we can take what we want And then we're taking it away from them So with that subtraction It's just like you're in a playoff race And it's a win and a loss and it's like a two-game swing. It's like, you can't be doing this all the time. And that's right now, that prime time, because mm-hmm. A&M isn't in there yet. Yep. And you had those roots, but LSU's been in chaos. I got Orgeron out there yelling around. <laughs> Is Saban's going to come get who he wants, but Herman has like a little five-minute wind five window or five-year window. And he's already spent two years there. Which is awesome, being that he's from Houston. Yeah.
2: No, he's got, he's got a lot of ties there, right? Ty Rice and U of A. But he's
3: worried about Brew and A&M. They have roots, and AM's and ms a city. It, that, I mean, and he should be. Yes. Uh,
2: that you that's why be. right now yeah. it's so big. That's why the Texas Cold War right now, I think, is at, it, there's so much angst involved with it because, yeah, a is a bit of a threat mm-hmm. because of Jimbo Fisher now coming to AM. All right, that's enough for now. We'll come back here after the break, and we'll hit you up with some more of Longhorn Blitz.
4: Oh, you're Paul. I'm the new sprinter. Ah,
5: Sprint plus...
4: Intern. Yeah, clever, right?
5: Uh, I was just... Looking
4: at getting an amazing iPhone 8? Yeah,
5: because... They
4: have an all-glass design, advanced cameras, A11 Bionic chip, wireless charging...
5: And you get the best price for Unlimited. Nice meeting you. I'm gonna... Yeah,
4: now you're going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow! Oh, oh my God, it's amazing. I love it. (laughs) Get
1: the best price for Unlimited. And now get one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Or get the unrivaled iPhone ten now for just $20 per month. Visit your local Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Requires 18 month leases for well qualified customers. Early termination results in remaining amounts to exclusive tax credits apply within two bills iPhone 8, 64GB, $29,17 a month. Second iPhone 8, after $29,17 a month credit. iPhone 10, 64GB, $30 a month after $21,67 a month credit. Compared to unlimited HD plans for five lines, carrier features differ. coverage and net everywhere subject to credit. And third down activation fee speed maximums, use rules and restrictions apply.
5: Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation.
1: Blue Star
4: soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders.
3: Amazing stuff. a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the
5: white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back.
4: There. It's Reese. And Irvy. From, From the, the franchise, franchise concept, concept Reese, Reese and, and Irby's. Irby's. By now, you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds.
1: To date, we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018.
4: With no employees, no rent, no brick-and-mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Revenue for you. Smiles for them.
1: We secure our franchisees' high foot traffic locations like cinemas, hotels, tourist attractions, colleges, and malls. From installation to instant sensation, we provide you all the tools for Froyo success.
4: No experience is necessary, and full and part time franchise opportunities are available.
1: To find out if your territory is still available, go to FroyoFranchising.com to learn more and be sure to enter promo code 2828. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 2828.
4: Hey there, it's Reese and Irvy. From the, the franchise, franchise concept Reese and Irby's. Irby's. By now you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds.
1: To date we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018.
4: With no employees, no rent, no brick and mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Revenue for you, smiles for them.
1: We secure our franchisees' high foot traffic locations like cinemas, hotels, tourist attractions, colleges, and malls. From installation to instant sensation, we provide you all the tools for Froyo success.
4: No experience is necessary, and full and part time franchise opportunities are available.
1: To find out if your territory is still available, go to FroyoFranchising.com to learn more and be sure to enter promo code 2828. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 2828.
5: If you're a small business, first impressions can make all the difference. With Grasshopper, you get all the features of a professional business phone system on your mobile phone. Choose a business phone number, make calls, and send texts. Stay connected and work from anywhere with features like Wi-Fi calling and our desktop app. Set up your account in minutes with no long-term contracts and 24-7 customer support. Make your small business big. Now get $20 off your first month when you visit grasshopper.com radio. That's grasshopper.com slash radio.
4: In winter, you can practically hear your skin changing, drying out, flaking, tightening, becoming itchy, irritated, and inflamed. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. With Cortisone 10, no more <laughs> winter can just sound fun again. Cortisone 10, feel the heal. Use
2: as directed.
0: Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe.
2: All right, so we don't have a ton of time to get into uh, the next topic I want to get. So we'll, we'll, I'll basically tease the next topic. I'll talk next podcast about how I think Tom Herman. Be, what his best recruiting job has been so far. Also, by that time, we'll know what Calvin Anderson at Offensive Tackle is going to do.
3: Well, tell listeners right now, just tweet us, Rod Babers, or at Longhorn Blitz, tell us who you think the answer is, and then Rod, oh, I'll tell you idea. next
2: week. Yeah, here you go. So um, I, what I think is his best recruiting job so far. Uh, we'll get into that too, yeah, but if you got ideas about it, hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers, my man Matt at Longhorn Blitz. Hit us up. Also, hit me up with this. This is a good question too. Um, best defensive player, predicting your best defensive player for Texas next year with their top four defensive players now gone. That's you know, Houghton one. Hill, Deshaun Elliott, Puna Ford, Malik Jefferson, all gone. Who's going to be the best player on defense next year? This time next year we'll be like, uh, that guy was the best player on defense, no question. That's that is right. That is the question.
3: I hope that system works because I can't think of um, one yeah. right now. Because so I, I, I,
2: got, I got it already in my head. I know Orlando. exactly who's it's going to be. I well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy uh, can't yeah. suck or that we're going to suck. Yeah, uh, and I think he will be great too. But uh, who will lead the charge for the Longhorns defensively? Uh, that's a question also I want to put out there to the listeners. And we'll talk about spring football because by then, I believe spring football practice will have started. Yeah, we it got to. Starts Tuesday. Yeah, and next a week.
3: month uh, April twenty first is spring game. I know it's crazy. Spring gets on its so spring fast. game
2: under the lights, uh, uh, nighttime. And Matt Brown will be actually an analyst in the booth oh! for Longhorn Networks hey! called the game.
3: There I you go. I can't wait to hear. Ain't going to be oh. I don't know who
2: thought of that, but that is brilliant. Oh, that should have so been. That should have well, been they done just years ago. Couldn't let
3: in there that soon with kids recruiting Charlie. Now it's like, oh yeah, Herman. I'm yeah, uh, he's like, I'm it's happy a gr- grandpa watching my kids grow up.
2: That's a great point. I totally agree with you about the Charlie thing. It would have seemed. Uh, Inappropriate, um, a little, inappropriate, a little obtrusive. I right. agree with and that. That's
3: why that opening press conference just felt like, oh, get the band back together. Get the we're band back, back
2: together, happy. baby. Bring the BBs back in the box. Uh, right. Tom Herman's doing a good job of it. All right. So those are things we'll address. Also, I'll talk about ideas to improve the Texas spring game experience. Yes. We'll get into that too. Also, hopefully, we're talking Texas basketball a little bit too on Longhorn Blitz. All right. Uh, all right, that's the uh, Longhorn Blitz. I want to thank Matt for always doing a great job. Shout out to my man Jeff Howe, Papa Jeff yes. out there as well, not joining us because my man Jeff has got to be a daddy for a while. So thank shout man. out to him and his baby girl and his family and his beautiful wife and all that. All right, uh, I, w- I want to appreci- tell you I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, join us next week for another edition of Longhorn Blitz.
0: You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit horns